0: all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Hey there, Procopton. Hope you're well. We're going to do things a little out of order this week because I am wound up into a snit. Today, we're going to talk about free will determinism, the dangers of being wrong, but believing that you're right, and why I part with the ancients, not completely, but considerably, on their interpretation of fate. But first, special thanks to new patrons Peter, Barbara, and Beatrix, great name. If you're not already a patron, please consider becoming one, because you are directly responsible for me staying on the air, as it were. We all have to put food on our tables, and in order for me to put food on my family's table as a podcaster, I need listener support. And where I don't have it, I need advertiser support. That is how this kind of work is sustained in the modern world. So you can get rid of ads, support me directly, and gain some other benefits by going to stoicismpod.com forward slash members. Now, let's take a quick ad break and then dive right into this infuriating topic. Is that me assenting? it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often, so stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase, that's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward/practical Let's start by defining terms. For me, when we talk about free will, what we are talking about is our ability to express a behavior thought, or action in a way which is not predetermined by previous events in time. As an example, if David calls me an absolute chucklehead, I might be predisposed to kicking him in the shins, but I'm not guaranteed to kick him in the shins. It's my choice to kick him in the shins or not. And here, I must mention Sam Harris's book, Free Will, Which, in my opinion, is entirely responsible for the renewed fervor of the there is no such thing as free will camp. Free will, the book, was published in 2012, and the meat of it was this there is an observable phenomenon when monitoring brains during the decision making process that indicates with high accuracy. But not 100% accuracy, which I think is a fairly important thing to point out, given the claim that this phenomenon led Sam to, what decision the thinker would make before the thinker even consciously knew they had made a decision. From this observable phenomenon, and probably other related data, was drawn the conclusion that your brain was making decisions for you without your input. So free will can't exist. I remember thinking, way back then, what a stupid conclusion that was to draw. The way I saw it, and still do, was far less dramatic. All this phenomenon suggests, not proves, suggests, is that there might be a priming function in the brain relative to decision-making. And again, way back then, my immediate thought was, well, it makes sense that the brain would assimilate a habituated behavior into a cognitive shortcut. And I feel that Stoics should love this idea, though I wasn't a Stoic at the time, because it would seem to suggest that the habituation of behaviors approaching virtue could lead to a brain that only made the virtuous choice once such cognitive shortcuts were established. It would be the way to force our brain back into the box of in accordance with nature. But for now, and returning to Sam's suggestion and others suggested as well, we lack free will, according to these individuals. And before I say what I'm about to say next, only because we just had a conversation and rather heated discussion about free will in the Discord community, I want to make it clear that what is about to follow is not in reference to any of the individuals involved in those conversations. All right, I've been thinking about this for a long time. I have seen stoic fanboys... Academics and comment trolls alike all dive into the proverbial weeds, re, free will, determinism, and stoicism. And before I talk about why I think every single one of them are wrong, I want to talk about why I think every single one of them are putting the human race at risk of further character degradation. Young people already have one million and one reasons to think nothing matters. There are tons of so-called thought leaders out there telling young people all the time, every day, that life has no inherent meaning or purpose, that they have no agency on top of that, and that the world is run by evil men in cloaks, or that they're just pawns in a game of chess they're unable to play themselves. At the same time, we have people like Andrew Tate, telling those same young people that it's probably okay to start a sex trafficking company to get rich. And I am incredibly sensitive to the threat of a, let's call it youth base, being told everything is meaningless and predetermined, while at the same time being told by other people that they may as well do some pretty morally questionable shit. Because, and this should be obvious, if you believe either A, that nothing matters, or B, B, that everything is predetermined and you have no choice, then when someone says get rich or die trying or get rich and sell women into the sex trade, there's a very high probability that you're going to say, well, there's no point anyway, or, well, I was gonna do what I was gonna do no matter what, so if I choose to do this, I was always going to choose to do it. And you know, if people are correct that we have no free will, then technically there's no harm, no foul right? If there's no free will, then it's true that me saying this, you having the thoughts you're having right now, all the comments you'll leave after this episode, all of it was going to happen anyway, and so nothing else could have possibly happened. But what if those people are wrong? What if those people convince an entire generation of people that nothing they do is up to them, and they do it because they are convinced of their own intelligence and not because they know their're right, because no one can know their right, e their being or not being free will. Oh, but Tanner, that's just Pascal's wager. No, it's not. Pascal's wager only concerns you and God. This concerns you and everyone else. Pascal gambled with his own fate. Others are gambling with the fate of everyone who listens to them and takes what they say seriously, to heart and to head. Okay, Tanner, but before that, you were just giving the lazy argument. Well, here's a potentially rude awakening for you. The lazy argument isn't so much lazy as it is obviously correct. The ancient Stoics, who were by modern standards idiots in a lot of ways, thought the following. One, that the great conflagration was a repeated cycle that yielded the exact same reality in every cycle. Two, that you experience choice, but that in reality, any choice you make is determined by your character, which is, three, determined by events that never change regardless of how many times the great conflagration cycles. So if the events are always the same, your character is always the same. And that means your choices are always the same, and this means you have no choice, which would make Stoicism the absolutely stupidest philosophy to ever exist because the entirety of it is based on making choices in alignment with nature, making appropriate choices, making choices that approach virtue. But this fatalistic nonsense would suggest the number of virtuous people was always a static number, let's call it 42, and the rest of us might feel like we're choosing to improve our character, but really we're just programmed by the past, and we can't really choose anything. And Chrysippus's response to this, by the way, isn't very good. It is, in fact, pretty stupidly circular. He suggests co-fading, which I will synopsize thusly: If you're sick, you're either fated to get better or you're fated to die. But if your survival is co-fated with choice, then to sit back and make no choices and concerns to your health. Such as choosing to go to the doctors or take medication, is to miss a step of your fated journey. So, by not choosing, by being lazy about it, you're getting in the way of your fate, or you're writing, in a way, your own fate. Which is the dumbest thing I have ever heard because guess what? Our choice to seek medical help would not be our choice. According to the ancient Stoics, it would be a function of our character which was determined by past events, which are always the same. And so we would make no choice to be lazy or to make an effort. We would only be compelled by our character to do that which we were fated to do. And here I should probably take a breath because I find this entire conversation a playground for idle fools. And I get really huffed up about it because of what's at stake the attitudes of impressionable people who are just developing their view of the world. And I think having these conversations out in the open as if we were experts is incredibly irresponsible. I have said that twice now, but it deserves to be said twice. People listen to this podcast to get answers and to develop their worldview in the Stoic tradition. And I take very seriously the influence my words have And I'm not about to tell any of you listening that no matter what you do, you were always going to do it, and that your choice to do it is an illusion. Because if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong about that, and you take me at my word and believe that I am instead correct, I've just sent you down a path much darker and dingier than the path I should have sent you down. And it is infrequent that I find myself on the side of Christian theology, but even the Christians say that their God allowed people to sin for the expressed purpose of giving them the ability to choose. Otherwise, God would have been creating robots, not people. And those robots would not have been at all responsible for their sins because they would have not had free will. So even Christianity gives you free will, for goodness sake. And maybe that's the reason people abandoned Stoicism for such a long time, because Christianity was like, fatalism? Nah, dog. You've got a choice. And that's a pretty attractive alternative. And I have a proposition that I'd like to get to, because I'm still a Stoic. Don't worry. But I'm not an ancient Stoic. And I'm not an absolute Martian either. So I don't believe our choices are faded or co faded or predetermined in any way. I believe something else. And to be very frank, I don't see why anyone wouldn't find my position, my proposition that is, in alignment with the most orthodox of Stoic spirit. But first, a break for some more ads. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMNS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. This is a rock and roll city for sure, Yeah! Right? Yeah! The buzzard The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. All right, I'm a little calmer now. Ready for my theory? Here it is. Fate is suspended in the human mind. To flesh this out, I'm going to have to talk a lot more, so I hope you're prepared for that. Remember the dog and the cart? I have never liked this analogy, so let's see if I can ruin it. The cart rolling along is a metaphor for time. The cart will never stop rolling. It is on wheels, sitting on a down pitched plane, it will roll forever. The rope tethering you to the cart is a metaphor for your connection to time, that you are impacted by it, and that you move through and along with it. The rope does not symbolize your slack, your freedom of choice, etc. It symbolizes your attachment to time. In fact, kill the rope altogether. The rope is dumb. You're now a dog in a cart. In fact, you know what? I like dogs too much, so let's get rid of the dog too. You're now you in a cart. But this cart is really big. I mean, super big. Universe-sized big. You're you in a universe inside of a huge cart, which is rolling forward in time. In fact, forget the cart. The cart is the universe, and you're in it, and the universe is rolling forward in time. Finally, no more dog, rope, or cart. Now, it's just what it is. You in a universe that is moving forward through time and which will never not be moving forward through time. That's fate as applied to time. Time is fated to progress and you are stuck in it. Now, there's a lot of stuff in this universe there are rocks and planets and nebulae and space dust and all kinds of inanimate objects. And these inanimate objects cannot willfully act upon anything. They are only ever acted upon if they are acted upon. And since, at the cosmic scale, the only thing doing any acting, so to speak, is time, time is the master of inanimate objects with low concentrations of logos. But then there's Earth. And on Earth, we find something we find nowhere else, at least as far as we know. We find massive numbers of objects with highly concentrated levels of logos. Animals fungi networks, Venus flytraps, and human beings. Some of these things can choose to act upon other things, and so they are different than the space rocks and dust and nebulae. They are, in fact, denser in Logos than the universe itself. They necessarily have to be. The universe is vast, spread out, diluted, and, I contend, unconscious. For it is far too diluted to possess consciousness, if consciousness arises from high concentrations of logos. Perhaps it was conscious when it was all condensed before the Big Bang or before the start of the Great Conflagration, when it was in a state of high tension under extreme pressure. Then it might have been something like a galaxy brain. But now, now it's a few drops of food coloring diluted in a swimming pool. A really big swimming pool. But the places where it has congealed into dense enough collections of itself, as is the case on earth, something emergent happens. Consciousness. And the denser the collection, the more extreme or capable the consciousness. My contention then, partially, is this. Time is faded, Absolutely and fate applies also to anything that lacks sufficiently concentrated amounts of Logos, and thus sufficiently capable consciousness. But fate is interrupted by the presence of a sufficiently conscious mind, or, differently put, fate is locked out of the sufficiently conscious brain, which is why human beings do not act in accordance with nature naturally. If this weren't true, We wouldn't have to work to be in alignment with nature because we would be, no matter how we were, by default, in alignment with nature, which no Stoic believes we are. With everything discussed thus far, here is what I feel is responsible to say about fatalism and contemporary Stoic practice. You are broken as a function of your consciousness, which is an emergent property due to the high concentration of Logos in your brain which I would say is very likely made possible through sufficiently complex neural networks embedded in biological substrate. But that's a different podcast and a different conversation. And with this emergent property, you gain the ability to duck and weave fate. You are finding Nemo's squirt outside of the walls of the East Australian current. And I hope you get that reference. You are outside the flow of fate and you can do as you please. Stoicism, then, is a concentrated effort to return you to the flow of fate and time, to, in a word, unawaken yourself. And this brings me right back to the beginning where I mentioned cognitive shortcuts. If we habituate appropriate choice, we begin developing that priming mechanism. And the more we habituate, the less we actively choose until appropriate choice is a primed choice, a cognitive shortcut, a habit, whatever you want to call it. That is when someone transcends from being a Prokoptan to being a sage. So Stoicism is still, in my mind, a worthwhile philosophy, and always will be. The ancients were just too big for their britches, when they tried taking on concepts they didn't have enough knowledge to yet truly understand or comprehend. And I'm not, by the way, saying that I fully understand or comprehend it, but I've got access to far more science today than the ancients did, and I think that gives me at least a small and considerable edge. Thanks for listening today. Remember, if you're not yet a patron, please consider becoming one by going to stoicismpod.com forward slash members. If you're already a patron, consider dropping some questions in the mailbag channel in the discord community, and maybe I will answer them next week. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, when I have hopefully kicked this cold, take care.